Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Phi Mastery Podcast, where our focus is on providing tools, resources, and insights that empower driven individuals to secure their own path to financial independence. My name is Peter Donisanu, and today we're going to talk about life insurance. More specifically, we're going to discuss how to calculate how much life insurance you may need to purchase. Now, if you have individuals in your life that depend on your income, or you want to ensure that you're not leaving your loved ones with a financial burden, then purchasing life insurance is a no-brainer. But the real question here is, how much life insurance is enough? Well, while rules of thumb can be useful at times, in today's episode, we'll discuss the various approaches to choosing the right amount of insurance, including the multiples of income approach, the human life value approach, and the financial and capital needs analysis approach. And so with insights into the various ways to calculate your life insurance need, you'll be able to go out and buy the protection you need to protect your loved ones. So with that, let's dive into today's podcast. If you have people who depend on you financially, then you need life insurance. That's all you need to know, right? Well, if it's only that simple. That's because knowing that you need life insurance is a good first step, but then comes the work of figuring out exactly how much you need to cover estate expenses, debts, living expenses, college savings, and future financial goals. To be sure, buying life insurance can be one of the most reassuring and at the same time most stressful decisions you can make. On the one hand, you're paying to transfer financial risk from yourself to a third party so that should you pass away unexpectedly, your family will be taken care of financially. And on the other hand, purchasing financial protection for your life is stressful because how do you know if you've got too much or not enough? I mean, seriously, how do you put a price tag on your life and quantify your worth? Well, the truth is that quantifying the value of your life is more than just looking at a number. It's about putting a price on your ability to provide for your loved ones. You know, money will never do that for you, but it can ease the uncertainties along the way. And so when it comes to figuring out how much life insurance you should buy, there are a few approaches you can take to calculate an ideal amount of coverage for your family to not only take care of their immediate need, but also their needs for the rest of their lives. Now, one such method revered for its simplicity is the multiples of income approach. Now, this method involves a straightforward multiplication of an individual's income by a predetermined factor to determine the coverage amount. And so how exactly do we put this approach into practice? Well, the first step involves calculating the coverage amount. This is where you have to pinpoint the appropriate multiple, which can vary based on factors such as person's age or financial obligations or family circumstances. Now, it's a common guideline when using this approach to use a multiple of five to 10 times an individual's annual income. So for example, with an annual income of around $300,000 and a chosen multiple of seven, the coverage amount would be around $2 million. Now, once you have this number, the coverage assessment stage actually begins. Here's where you evaluate the obtained coverage amount against the insured individual's financial needs and goals. Now, during this stage, consideration should be given to outstanding debts and mortgage payments and potential education costs, as well as the desired standard of living for the family in the event of the insured's untimely passing. Now, the third stage in this analysis involves making adjustments. At this point, the calculated coverage amount can be modified to account for existing savings or other insurance policies and the potential future your income from investments or pensions. Now, this process is instrumental in aligning the coverage that you're likely to receive with the insured's specific circumstances. And so when should you use this approach? Well, in certain situations, the multiples of income approach is useful because it's an easily understandable way of estimating life insurance needs. It's also a convenient starting point that avoids complex financial calculations and it zeroes in on income replacement, making it suitable for those with dependents relying on their earnings to maintain their lifestyle. Now, 
Now, despite these benefits, it's important to keep in mind that this approach has its own sets of limitations. Indeed, relying solely on a multiple of income may not provide a complete picture as it might overlook an individual and their family's circumstances. For example, it may not account for factors like specific financial goals, outstanding debts, or unique family situations, which can result in insufficient coverage. Now, another limitation is the assumption of consistent income throughout the insured's working years. Now, this is important because there are significant variations in income, which could lead to inaccuracies when choosing a multiple that reflects the actual income expected at the time of death. This approach can also lead to an overestimation or underestimation of coverage. Now, for some, a multiple of income could result in excessive coverage and higher premiums, while for others, it may not provide enough to meet dependents' financial needs. And finally, it's worth noting that the multiples of income approach tends to overlook the value of non-monetary contributions made by the insured. For example, it may undervalue an insured's overall contribution to the family's well-being by not considering aspects like childcare or household responsibilities. Either way, the multiples of income approach is a simple starting point to help you calculate your life insurance needs. All right, so now that you have a solid base from which to calculate your life insurance needs, the next calculation method we'll discuss is the human life value approach. And so what exactly is the human life value approach? Well, this approach is a method used to determine the appropriate amount of life insurance coverage and individual needs based on the idea that a person's life has economic value. Now, under the human life value approach, several factors are taken into consideration to estimate the economic value of a person's life, which includes an individual's age, their gender, their occupation, income, potential future income growth, and other financial obligations or support provided to dependents. And so how do we calculate our life insurance need based on this approach? Well, to calculate a human life value, an individual's future income potential is projected over the remaining working years until retirement, accounting for factors like inflation, expected salary increases, and other factors. Then the present value of these projected future earnings is determined by discounting them to the current value. And so when should you use this approach? Well, the ideal set of circumstances for using the human life value approach could include situations where the primary objective of life insurance is income replacement for your dependents. Now, it's especially relevant for those individuals who are the primary earners in their families and have significant financial responsibilities like paying for their kids' education, paying off debts, and maintaining a certain standard of living for their loved ones. Here again, when you're thinking of human life value, think of income replacement. Now, there are some drawbacks to using this approach that you should be aware of. First, it relies on the assumptions and projections within the calculations themselves, such as future income growth and discount rates, which may not accurately reflect the actual circumstances you may experience. Here again, that's because income and personal factors can change over time, and they may make the estimated values less reliable when conditions obviously change. Now, another factor to take into consideration is that the human life value approach focuses primarily on income replacement and may not consider other financial needs such as funeral expenses or outstanding debts or specific financial goals. And at the same time, it may overlook the value of non-monetary contributions that an individual can provide like childcare or homemaking, so that's something worth considering as well. And so while it can be a helpful starting point, the human life value approach should be supplemented with careful consideration for personal circumstances, financial goals, and specific needs to arrive at an appropriate coverage amount. All right, so by now, you're likely catching on that each life insurance calculation method serves a specific need and gets more more complex as we move along. For example, the multiples of income approach gives us a easy back-of-the-envelope method for calculating life insurance needs, while the human life value approach dials into what it would take to replace your income today for a specific period of time, considering inflation and other economic variables. Now, the next two methods we'll discuss here, the financial needs and capital needs analysis approaches, each dial in our life insurance calculations with a little more granularity in their 
set of assumptions. For example, the financial needs analysis approach, unlike others we've talked about so far, takes into account an assortment of factors such as income and expenses, debts, future financial goals, and existing assets. So then by factoring in this detailed information, what we're doing is providing a more tailored estimation of the coverage amount needed, which allows us to embrace the unique circumstances of your individual situation. And so how does this comprehensive approach work in practice? Well, the process kicks off with an assessment of the income replacement need, which involves determining how much money an individual makes over a given period of time that needs to be replaced. Then we factor in debts and liabilities with a focus on outstanding mortgages and loans and credit card balances. Here, a thorough analysis is likely to reveal how much is owed and how much life insurance is necessary to pay off these debts. Next, we'll take a deeper dive into actual daily living expenses by looking at costs like housing and utilities, groceries, education, and healthcare. And so by considering these expenses, it becomes clear how much money is needed to maintain the surviving family member's current standard of living. And now once we have an idea of what it will take to pay off the debt and cover living expenses, then we'll take a look at funding future financial goals. Here we could think of things like funding college education for your kids, retirement savings, and other long-term spending goals. Now what we're doing here is estimating the funds necessary to meet these targets and ensure they won't be compromised by an individual's untimely passing. And finally, the financial needs analysis approach takes into consideration existing savings, investments, and other assets the family possesses. And then once we have all this information, we subtract out all this assets from total financial need, which leaves us with a more accurate life insurance coverage need. Now that's pretty comprehensive, right? Well, given its systematic and comprehensive nature, the financial needs analysis approach has distinct advantages. For example, it provides a strategic way of estimating the right amount of life insurance coverage that takes into account the unique needs and goals of an individual and their family. And so by addressing income replacement, debt repayment, living expenses, and future financial goals, it offers a holistic view of a family's financial needs. Now, with all that said, however, it's essential to be aware of the challenges of using this calculation method. For example, conducting a thorough financial needs analysis can be complex because it requires detailed financial information and calculations and may also involve projections and assumptions which can prove challenging for individuals without a financial background. All right, so the final life insurance calculation method we'll discuss today is the capital needs analysis approach. Now, you'll likely recall from our discussion a moment ago that the financial needs analysis approach accounts for ongoing living expenses that your family likely will face, including groceries, utilities, and other regular bills. Here again, the financial needs approach is about making sure that your family maintains their current standard of living in your absence. Now, the capital needs analysis approach takes a more specific look at things like final expenses related to your passing, like funeral costs or outstanding debts, your mortgage, or future expenses such as your child's education costs. In essence, it's about ensuring that there's a sum of money or capital available to cover these obligations. Now, when we're comparing the financial needs analysis approach or the capital needs analysis approach, both approaches aim to provide financial protection for your loved ones in the event of your passing, but the capital needs approach is more about addressing specific large expenses and obligations, while financial needs approach is more about addressing ongoing living expenses and replacing lost income. And so what does this mean? Well, let's assume here for a moment that you have enough income producing assets to provide regular income to cover your family's living expenses should you pass away unexpectedly, but you don't yet have enough saved to pay for your kids' college expenses in the future. Now, in this case, you can use the capital needs analysis approach to calculate your capital or life insurance need. So how do you go about doing this? Well, to start, you'd first estimate the anticipated cost of college for each one of your children. Now, this estimation should factor in rising costs of tuition, room and board, textbooks, and other related expenses, all while accounting for inflation, since education costs tend to increase at a pace faster than headline inflation over time. Now, once you have a projected total cost of college, 
consider any savings that you've already set aside for this purpose. For example, if you have a college savings fund like a 529 plan, then take the time to project out this value and estimate how much you may have in that account by the time your child goes to college and subtract that amount from your anticipated college education need. Then once you understand the projected cost for each child combined with your expected savings, you can then aggregate these amounts to determine the total life insurance coverage you need to cover all of your kids' college expenses. Now, one last caveat here is that it's essential to note that like the financial needs approach, this calculation operates on a fixed capital requirements basis, which means that it can fail to account for changes in your personal financial circumstances like income shifts or debt reduction or investment return fluctuations. So then it goes without saying that figuring out how much life insurance you need can be a complicated task. And not because of all the calculations involved, but because trying to put a price tag on your life is really hard. That's because there are so many different ways out there to calculate how much life insurance you need to protect your loved ones. Even so, just keep in mind that the multiples of income approach offers an imprecise but simple starting point to calculate how much life insurance you may need to begin with. Then the human life value approach helps you calculate how much insurance you need to replace your current income streams, while the capital and financial needs analysis approaches take a deeper dive in helping you get more granular at looking at covering expenses while paying off debts. Now, it's worth mentioning here that when it comes down to it, none of these methods is perfect. You know, they all have their strengths and their weaknesses, and sometimes it might be helpful to use a combination of them to help you decide which coverage is best for you. Now, with all that said, the crucial thing here is to ensure that your loved ones will be financially secure if something should happen to you. Remember, insurance isn't about putting a price tag on your life. It's about giving you peace of mind and allowing your family to take one step closer to mastering their own financial independence journey when you're not around. Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Phi Mastery podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at phimastery.com or email your questions to questions at franklinmadisonadvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Donisanu, wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity. Phi Mastery Podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors, Inc. Franklin Madison Advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. This commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to Franklin Madison Advisors investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice. The information shared today is not intended to be personal, legal, investment, or tax advice, or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosures.